What a scary video. Just a uh, nightmare. Well, uh, welcome, uh, everybody. Welcome here in Waukesha. And a big welcome to those of you on the other side of the camera in Pewaukee and online. Uh, great to have you with us. Great to be together. Uh, before I get started and thank all of our volunteers, I want to just pause for a moment and thank God. We, uh, we had a great response to the baptism this past week, last weekend. And uh, 22 people uh, took the step of baptism, and uh, we want to just thank God uh, for that. Yeah, great to see people taking that step. I'd like to just begin with a word of prayer. Let me pray uh, for us. God, thank you for moving in the hearts of so many people who took the, the step of baptism. And God, thank you for all of our volunteers and how you use them to change more lives. I pray that our service today would encourage and appreciate all of our volunteers I pray that you would encourage and teach and inspire all of us today about the incredible value of serving. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, all of us on staff have looked forward to this weekend for a long, long time because we want to say thank you and appreciate all the volunteers and everybody that serves. Our church could not function without all of you who give your time, some of you up front, many of you behind the scenes. We just couldn't do the work that God's called us to do as a church without you. And so our staff put together a thank you uh, video. Take a look. Hey guys, we just want to take a moment to thank all the people on the arts team that we get the chance to work with. Guys, we're just so grateful for everyone that makes the entire weekend experience just a fantastic place to be. We couldn't do it without you. You make it fun. Thank you, arts team. Hey everybody, we have so many awesome volunteers in Family Life who serve with our kids and students. And we just want to thank you so much for the investment that you guys make into this next generation. You're making a huge impact. Thank you, Family Life. Hey guys, we want to thank our Welcome Center and Greeter teams. Thank you, Baking Team, Decorating Team, and Kitchen Team. We appreciate your extra time for coming early and staying late. And Auditorium Team, we couldn't do it without you. To my cafe team, you know how much I love and appreciate you. I could not do any of this without you, so thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you for being part of our First Impressions teams. Hey, I want to shout out to all of our absolutely awesome River Glen Pewaukee volunteers. You guys are just the greatest. You come early, you stay late, you work tirelessly on so many things, and, and we so appreciate you. Thank you, Pewaukee! Hey everyone, Group Life Team here, and we just want to say thank you. You do so much to keep our church connected. Thank you. You are pouring your heart and soul into impacting so many different people. So thank, thank you, you, Group, group Life. Life. I want to thank all the people at our online campus, our Pewaukee, River Glen campus, wherever you are. So many people come in every week that are behind the scenes, and we just appreciate all that you do. Thank you, volunteers! Yeah, we appreciate all of our volunteers. Look for an extended version of that video on social media this next week. Well, over the years, we have tried many different ways to appreciate volunteers. I mean, we have had banquets and uh, picnics and parties, but uh, we decided to try something different this year and just take a whole weekend to thank our volunteers and also to talk about the value of serving. I learned something interesting preparing for this weekend about the phrase, thank you. Do you know that the word uh, thank was actually derived in English from the word think? 
And so when we say thank you to somebody, we're actually uh, saying, I will, I will remember, I will think about you. I will remember what you have done. I will remember what you have done for our church. I will remember what you have done to follow the example of Jesus. And so I want to go ahead and thank our volunteers. And I want to begin by thanking our volunteers, beginning with those who served for 15 years or more. Now, you may not know this, but River Glen started in 1997. We met at Waukesha West High School until 2004, about 15 years ago. And so if you served at the high school, if you volunteered at the high school, if you volunteered for 15 years or more, uh, would you go ahead and please stand up? We'd like you to stand up, please. 15 years or uh, more. Yeah. And uh, stay standing. You're the, uh, you're the builders of this church. You helped this church start strong and to grow. You helped us acquire this property. And uh, let's just give a big hand uh, for these volunteers who laid the foundation for the church. Yeah. And uh, uh, stay standing. And uh, to this group, I want to add those of you who have volunteered for five years or more. Okay. Five years or more. Go ahead and stand up. Yeah. During the time you served... The impact of our church has grown exponentially. We expanded our facility here in Waukesha. We launched new churches in Milwaukee and beyond. We formed partnerships in Kenya and Ecuador. We're grateful for your service. Let's show our appreciation to these volunteers who grew this church. Yeah. And I want to add one more. And uh, for those of you who have started serving in the last five years, would you also go ahead and stand up? Even if you've served one time, go ahead and stand up. We want to say thank you uh, to all of you. I'll tell you, these last five years, River Glen has grown exponentially. Love Waukesha, love Pewaukee, have taken off. We launched the online campus. We launched the Pewaukee campus, the future of the church is in your hands, and it is uh, uh, bright. So uh, let's give it up for these newer uh, volunteers. Yeah. Now, I didn't say sit down. I want you to stand up. I want everybody to please stand up. And uh, what we're going to do is, we, is together, all of us, we're going to just yell one loud thank you, okay, followed by just a big hand for all of our uh, volunteers, okay, on the, on the count of three, at the top of your lungs, thank you, one, two, three, thank you, yeah, way to go, volunteers, all right, go ahead, sit down, and uh, right after the service, we're going to have a party in the lobby, we've got sub sandwiches for everybody, so please hang around, enjoy some food in the lobby after the service. And we also have a, a thank you station in the lobby. We'd love for you to take one of these cards and write a thank you note to our volunteers. Maybe thank them for, I don't know, making coffee each weekend, for making you feel welcome, for taking care of your, your children or your students, whatever you appreciate about our volunteers. And remember, when you say thank you, you're saying, I'll remember what you've done for me. I'll remember what you've done for our church. I'll remember uh, how you, what, what you've done to follow the example of, of Jesus, and that'll really encourage our volunteers. Well, as I worked on this message, as I prepared, 
I thought about a problem I had uh, recently, and maybe some of you can relate. Maybe some of you have had this same problem. Anybody had their identity stolen? Had someone else who tried to impersonate you? Yeah, I see several hands up. Somebody started sending out emails a couple months ago pretending to be me, and uh, here's one of them. And uh, you can notice it says that it's from Reverend Ben Davis, and that's a clue right there that it's not from me. This person tried to trick our staff members into doing things and giving him uh, money. He also impersonated other staff members. You can tell it's not one of us by looking at the email. And then a few weeks ago, I had another problem. I had a virus on my computer, except this one tried to access my bank account. Fortunately, it failed and got removed before it took anything. But having your identity stolen is a legitimate threat in our world today. But today, I want to talk about something more important than your financial identity. More important than having your credit card or your social security card stolen. Because when you start following Jesus, God gives you a brand new identity. Take a look at this verse. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. God changes your identity. But if you don't understand it and step into it, your new identity in Jesus, for practical purposes, can be stolen because you don't know it or embrace it. And I bring this up today because there's a huge difference when you begin to view volunteering and serving, not just as something that you do, but as part of who you are, part of your new identity as a follower of Jesus. And this is really important because, because we can serve and volunteer for a variety of reasons. We can serve out of guilt or obligation, or a sense of duty. We can serve because we want to try to get something from somebody else. You know, I served you, now you owe me. We can serve because it makes us feel good. But today, I want you to understand and embrace that serving is not just something that you do, it's who you are. It's part of your new identity in Jesus. I want to give you three reasons why serving is part of your new identity in Jesus. Number one, serving is your new identity because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Take a look at these words that Jesus said to his followers right before he ascended to heaven. He said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Jesus says, my spirit's going to come into your life and he is going to change you so that you can so that you have new power to serve people and spread my message. Something I love about this verse is that in the original language, this pronoun you is plural. Now, it doesn't translate very good into English. Probably the best translation is to say y'all, you know, like they say down south. Y'all, all y'all. Because if the, when the Holy Spirit of Jesus comes into your life, into your heart, uh, you all, he begins to change your identity, and your life. I brought this candle along uh, today to represent the uh, Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, because in the next chapter of the book of Acts, God, God uses fire to symbolize the Holy Spirit. It's this amazing moment, this supernatural moment in the history of the church. 120 followers of Jesus have gathered in this house waiting for Jesus to keep his promise and send the Holy Spirit. Take a look at what it says here. It says they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice how the fire separated. Apparently, the Holy Spirit came as a ball of fire 
and then separated and came to rest above the head of each person. And the fire resting above the head of each person indicated that every one of them had the Holy Spirit. And a man didn't have a bigger flame over his head than a woman. A rich person didn't have a bigger flame than a poor person. A pastor didn't have a bigger flame than any other follower of Jesus. People of all races, all backgrounds, all ages had the same full-size flame above their head. God made it clear, if you follow Jesus today, you all have the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit changes your identity and gives you power to love and serve other people. But the New Testament goes further. You don't just have the Holy Spirit. You have a new responsibility. Here's what I mean. Serving is your new identity because you are a priest. Now, that might surprise some of you. That might... That might stretch uh, some of you. Maybe when you think of a priest, you know, you think of somebody, someone wearing a robe and sprinkling incense, and you don't really think of yourself that way. That's okay. You don't have to do those things. But I want you to open yourself up to understand your new identity as a priest. In the Old Testament, uh, there were a, a small, limited number of priests, and priests served as a middleman between God and people. Priests represented God. They spoke for God. Priests would pray and pray for and serve people. Priests would teach people how to worship and follow God. They were like a middleman between God and people, but they were few in number. But then in the New Testament, God opens it up. God says, y'all have the full flame of the Holy Spirit. I want all of you to carry out the function of, of a priest. Now, take a look at this verse. It was written by the Apostle Peter. He said, but you, and again, that's plural, you all are a chosen people. Look at this. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Theologians call this the priesthood of all believers. Because nowhere in the New Testament is there a distinction between the clergy and the laity. There's just one group. We're all Jesus followers. We're all priests. It's part of our new identity. So please don't think of me. Don't think of our staff. Don't think of other leaders in our church as special or different. That's why I don't wear special clothing. Uh, I don't want to be called a reverend or father like in that email I showed you earlier. I'd rather people just call me Ben or Marnie's husband or most holy one or whatever. It really just seems to fit. That's fine. No, Ben is fine. Uh, ben is fine because we're all priests. We all have the same full flame of the Holy Spirit. We're all uh, equal. Way back in the 1500s, a guy by the name of Martin Luther, he got tired and frustrated because he wanted the church to return the ministry to the uh, people because of their new identity in Jesus. Look at what he says. He says, everyone who's been baptized may claim that they already have been uh, consecrated, set apart, made holy as a priest, bishop, or pope. Now, you can tell why he upset some people. He's basically saying if you're a believer and you've been baptized, you're a priest, you're a bishop, you're a pope, you're, there's no difference. Return the ministry to the people. He says this, let everyone, therefore, who knows themselves to be a Christian, be assured of this, okay? Know this, I mean, in your bones, know this is true. And apply it to themselves that we are all priests and there's no difference between us. He says it's time to give the ministry back to the people because we're all uh, priests because of our new identity in Jesus. You're that middle person between God 
and people. And so if somebody in your family or life group or ministry team needs prayer, you don't have to call a church office and ask for a pastor to say a prayer. You can, you can say that prayer. You're a priest. You have the full flame of the Holy Spirit. God hears your prayers just like mine. If somebody at work or school or in your neighborhood is going through a tough time and needs encouragement, you can give them encouragement. You can pastor them. You, you can read a scripture to them. You can explain Jesus to someone because you're that middle person between God and people. You're a priest. It's your new identity. Sometimes people will ask me, how many, how many pastors do you have at River Glen? And uh, sometimes I like to just kind of uh, joke a little bit and say, oh, we've got, we've got 1,200, 1,200 priests. Wouldn't that be great? A staff of 1,200 uh, priests. You know what? That's how God sees us. That's, that's, how, that's New Testament math. Uh, that, that, uh, we, we are all priests, all of us who follow Jesus. There are no distinctions. But it gets even better. Third reason, Jesus, serving is your new identity because you have a spiritual gift. God gives you this new responsibility as a priest to Waukesha, as a priest to Pewaukee, as a priest, to Milwaukee. And then we recognize that God's spirit has given each one of us a unique gift to serve others. Look at what Peter says. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to do what? To just sit in the stands and watch? No, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I love this phrase, faithful stewards. I think oftentimes we use that phrase steward in regard to money or time. You know, be a good steward of your money and your time. But Peter says, you have got to be a good steward of the gift, the spiritual gift God's given you to serve other people. Now, some of you might wonder, what, what is my spiritual gift? Maybe you don't know what it is. And so I want to I read for you how Paul unpacks spiritual gifts. It's interesting how he starts out saying, don't, don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. In other words, be humble. We're all the same. We all need grace and forgiveness. We all have the, the same full-size flame of the Holy Spirit, and we're all priests. And then he says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. Christ's body is the church. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Paul says, just like you have a physical body with legs and arms and ears and eyes and a nose, and they all serve a different function, the same is true with spiritual gifts. And God has a dream for every single person to use their spiritual gift to serve others and to see your gift as belonging to others so that the local church can fully represent Jesus in this world. But when one body part says, I don't think I have a gift, or one body part says, I don't think my gift matters, or one body part says, you know, I served a long time ago, you know, I did my time, or I don't really have a place to serve, all of a sudden, as a church, we lose out, and the community around us loses out on seeing and experiencing the fullness of Jesus Christ. And then Paul gets specific about the different gifts. Look at what he says in verse six. Uh, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it uh, cheerfully. And so we all have these gifts that God has given to us, but they're not for ourselves. They're for the benefit 
of other people. And so here's my question. Do you know your gift? Do you know your gift? For too many Christians, it's like they've had their identity stolen because they don't know their gift or their gifts. And so here's something that might help. I'm in a a, a life group, and and a a couple months ago, uh, each of us took this spiritual gifts test. It's it's an inventory uh, you take online, and it's very helpful. This might help you identify your your spiritual gift. Here's the link. It's also, I think it's on your outline. You can also stop by the uh, uh, connect wall and take a picture of that link. It'll, It'll help you recognize your spiritual gift so that you can better understand your identity in Jesus. You've got an amazing identity in Jesus. You've got the full flame of the Holy Spirit. And God has empowered you to serve as a priest with, with, a, with an incredible spiritual gift. And so I just want to challenge all of us to step into that new identity, to embrace it and live out our identity in Jesus as a servant. A friend of mine, uh, Tim, Tim Sutherland, interviewed a waiter, a waiter uh, who has a lot of experience serving people in restaurants. And I thought it was interesting. He made three observations about waiters who provide good service in a restaurant. And I think these can help us step into our identity as servants like Jesus. First of all, a good waiter in a restaurant, he said, well, watch for craning. You know what craning is? Craning is when somebody stretches their neck and they're looking around because they, they need something. They need some help. He said the best servers are not head down going over their order, you know, buried in their work. They're looking around to see if someone is craning who needs them right away. The best servers in restaurants always look for someone who has a need. And that's really good advice for me because I know I can get so absorbed in my work. I don't see the needs of others around me. I get so consumed with my work. It's difficult for me to keep my eyes open to the needs of people around me. But author Brian McLaren writes this. Jesus said our role in this earth is not uh, critics, cynics, consumers, escapists, controllers, or isolationists, but servants. And so the best first step for us would be to keep our eyes open as a servant does, look at this, as a waiter does in a restaurant, simply looking for an opportunity to be of service. Second, the best waiters in restaurants do something called team waiting. Team waiting is when all the waiters do all they can to take care of each other's tables, even though they don't expect a cut of anybody else's tips. If you've ever had a meal in a restaurant and during the course of your meal, two or three people served your table, guess what? That was probably team serving, team waiting. It's when everybody works together to serve the people in the restaurant, and as a result, everybody gets better service and better tips. And so I want to encourage you, you don't have to serve by yourself. One of the best ways to step into your new identity as a Jesus follower, and I think one of the funnest ways to to serve, is to serve as part of a group or a team. I love how so many of our life groups and ministry uh, teams support one another and serve together. But it's not just more fun that way. When we serve in teams and groups, we make a bigger impact for Jesus. Team waiting, team serving. Third observation about great servers in restaurants, full hands in, full hands out. You might wonder, what does that mean? It means the best servers, as they go into the kitchen, And out of the kitchen, they keep their hands full on the way in and hands full on the way out. They're not standing around waiting for somebody uh, to tell them what to do. They always carry stuff back and forth. The best waiters practice full hands in, full hands out. Now, that might sound like more to do, 
but not if it's your identity, if it's who you are. John Wesley understood our new identity in Jesus, and he wrote some words I find inspiring. He said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you can. He's saying, embrace your new identity as a servant. Maybe if we think of ourselves as a, like a server in a restaurant, trying to anticipate and meet the needs around us, it would help us step in to our identity, our new identity as a, as a servant. Sometimes it helps to see examples or hear about examples. And we have so many great, great examples of volunteering and serving in this uh, church. People who serve, uh, not just as something to do, but because it's part of who they are in, in Jesus. For example, Steve Vock has served in many different roles in our church. He, he's had full hands in, full hands out for 23 uh, years since River Glen started. Steve especially enjoys uh, serving as a small group leader. I got to, I got to co-lead a group with him last year. He, he does an excellent job leading. He says, I've enjoyed coming alongside people and helping them see and grasp the truth in Scripture and allow it to change their lives. Additionally, I've grown tremendously preparing for small group. I find a sense of joy and purpose when I serve others. Glenda Conforti is someone who looks for craning. She sees a need and meets it. She organized and directed our meals ministry for many years, delivering meals to people recovering from an illness or grieving the loss of a loved one or adjusting to a new baby. More recently, she started organizing events for Whittier Elementary School in Waukesha as part of our Love Waukesha, Love Pewaukee outreach. These events help students and their families who have needs. Glenda says, God blesses us so that we can bless others. We might be the only Christian light some people experience. Brett Jorgensen began serving on a team when uh, River Glen launched. Brett volunteered to serve on the Set Up and Teardown team back at the high school. Brett says that some of his best friends today at River Glen are the guys he started serving with on that team back at West High School. Then Brett took a spiritual gifts test and it pointed him in the direction of serving youth. And he has faithfully served in that area ever since. He serves at the edge on Wednesday nights for middle school students. Brett says, I love serving the youth and helping to lay their foundation to let them know God loves them. He says, I see serving others as an awesome opportunity and responsibility. Kim Skoralski started serving in the nursery on the weekends 12 years ago. She says, I heard there was a need for baby holders, and I was all in. She says, when I began serving, I wasn't thinking, what's in it for me? But I found that the opportunity to serve has benefited me in many ways. I've built relationships with parents and other volunteers. I've watched babies, the babies I held and rocked in my arms as I prayed over them, grow in their walk with Christ. And most rewarding, many of them are now giving back as volunteers in our classrooms. You know, I could go on and on and on. We, God's blessed our church with just so many great volunteers. So many of you serve because it's part of who you are in Jesus. You understand that all of us have the full flame of the Holy Spirit and the responsibility of a priest. And you recognize the, the, the gift that God has, has given uh, to you. A long time ago, it was actually 1987, <clears throat> I was ordained as a, uh, as a pastor. 
I had an ordination ceremony at my home church where I grew up attending with my family in West Dallas. I remember my brother, my oldest brother came in. He's a pastor and he gave the message on that Sunday. My parents and my home church planned it out. I went through it, but I don't, I don't think I fully understood <clears throat> what ordination meant back then. But my pastor and church leaders came around me and they laid hands on me and they spoke words over me and, and prayed for me. And it gave me a sense of mission for Jesus in my life. And it really encouraged me to know that my home church supported me and got behind me and sent me. As I worked on this message and as I reflected on that ordination experience, I started to think <clears throat> that if the priesthood of all believers is true, and all of us have the full flame of the Holy Spirit, and we have gifts God's given us to serve others, then you know, you know what we should do? I think the best way to end this service today would be to have just one big, massive ordination service. Wouldn't that be cool? And so that's what we're going to do, okay? And so I want to invite everyone to, to go ahead and stand. Would you please stand uh, with me? And uh, you can put your hand out uh, to receive blessing. This is about receiving a, a blessing. Some of you maybe have never said yes to Jesus. And I want you to know I'd love to have a conversation uh, with you. I'll be at the Welcome Center after the service in Pewaukee. Look for Pastor Dave at the Welcome Center. We would love to talk with you. We'd love to help more people start following uh, Jesus. So be sure to stop by. But if you already follow Jesus, I want you to do this. I want to invite you to just take, you know, one hand and, and hold it out uh, like that to receive a blessing. And then with your other hand, put it on a shoulder of someone next to you. And uh, this isn't back rub time, okay? Nothing weird, all right? Just hand resting on top of, of somebody's uh, shoulder. And uh, here's what I want, want you to think about. With one hand open, one hand on somebody's shoulder. I want you to think about how God sees you right now. According to Scripture, you have the full flame of the Holy Spirit in you. And God has empowered you as a priest. Scripture says that you are a royal priest. You are that middle person between God and people. And your job, my job, our job is to serve people and to point people to Jesus to pray for them, to encourage them, and to teach them how to follow Jesus. And so from this day forward, may you see yourself as a priest empowered by God's Spirit. May you recognize that God's grace has given you a gift for serving. And may you no longer make an excuse to sit on the sidelines. But may you decide here and now that God didn't give you that gift to just hold within you. And may you step into the fullness of your new identity in Jesus by using your gift to serve others. May we join together so that this church can flourish and thrive <clears throat> because we give the ministry to the people. May you be a priest. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. I've got a few uh, reminders for you before you leave, before you... Before you uh, Head to the lobby, a few quick uh, reminders. Live into your identity this week, okay? And, uh, you know, you can go to your LinkedIn account and change it to, I'm a priest now, okay? Whatever you want to do. Live into your new identity. Fill out a, a thank you card. Please do that. Our volunteers need encouragement. Go to the uh, thank you uh, station. And uh, we've got ministry area tables in the lobby. If you'd like to find out more about serving, they would love to talk with you. If you're willing to serve five weekends this summer in Kid Life, be sure to stop by their table 
and, and do the uh, Take Five uh, Challenge. And uh, they've got these stickers for everybody. Really cool stickers. You can pick those up on your way in the lobby at the uh, ministry uh, tables. You can put it on your water bottle, put it on your laptop. I hope that you'll hang out and enjoy the celebration in the lobby. Uh, we've got sub sandwiches for everybody. I'm told that we have a lot extra, so take two. I hope you're hungry. Sub sandwiches on us. And so at this moment, uh, please go out to the lobby, enjoy some fellowship, enjoy uh, some sub sandwiches. Thank you, everyone. See you next weekend.